We welcome you to join us on the porch. Today's show is made possible by VRC Limited. Grab a coffee or a cool lemonade and join our host, Randy Voller, for a slice of life from the perspective of one of Chatham County's most actively engaged community leaders, former mayor, real estate developer, musician, and all-around great guy. Now, here's Randy. Welcome back on the porch. Today, I am so happy to have some returning guests who came on here last year. We have Melissa Beard, who's the executive director of Cora, and Rebecca Hankins, who's development and communications. It's great to have you back. Thank, Thank you. you. It's nice to be here. So a lot has happened in a year's time. I was <laughs> looking at your report. For those that don't know, uh, Cora provides nutritious food to the community members facing food insecurity. And your ultimate goal is to build a community without hunger by collecting and purchasing healthy food for distribution through your food pantry related programs and network of local partners. Yes. So last year, or at least what's when I'm looking on your on your website, you served over ten thousand two hundred twenty people. That's correct. And you and those that translated into almost one million three hundred thousand meals. It's a lot, isn't it? That's a huge number. So let's talk <laughs> about that. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Um, it's been a huge year for us. Uh, in July of this past year, we reopened for choice shopping for the first time since the pandemic. So what is that? So choice shopping is much like you and I would shop in a grocery store. Um, there's some limits in place, but folks can come in and pick the food that best serves their needs and preferences. So it's it's not as though we're doing what we used to do and just putting a pre-prescribed menu of, of groceries into a bag and giving it to them. They come in, they walk the aisles, they look at the produce, they look at the meat, they choose what they want. Where does this food come from? Oh, my gosh, so many different sources. Um, We purchase food from the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina, as well as participate in a free food program there. Um, We also participate in two of the federal programs through them. One is TFAP, which is the Emergency Food Assistance Program, and the other is a program targeted at helping seniors who are low-income. Um, We also get lots and lots of donations through various porch programs. Um, Porch is a food drive-focused nonprofit that was founded here in Chapel Hill. Um, We're the beneficiary of about, what is it, 26 communities, Correct. Yep. So we get hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of food from those communities each year and from individual food drives and donations. Um, We also purchase a lot um, through... You know, various wholesalers around the country and also get um, retail recovery, which is food from grocery stores that's at or near date um, that we can pass along to folks that, um, who still want to use it. So who are, the, who are the types of folks that are coming to the food pantry and how are they eligible? So eligibility is easy. Anybody that walks in the door that tells me they need food is going to get it. Um, we do ask questions, but we don't ask for any proof. And the questions that we ask are mostly demographic questions. Um, we have to have those things for grants and, you know, so that we can get funding. Um, we need to have that information. But it's an easy process. But, you know, there really isn't an average person who walks in. Um, some of the folks that we serve are employed. In fact, a lot of them are. Um, some of the folks are on food stamp type benefits and WIC benefits. Others are not. Um, about 40% of the people that we serve are from the Spanish-speaking community, about 25% from the white community, and another 25% from African-American. Um, you know, 
And in this day and age, it's it's unfortunate, but it's a reality. It's not completely unusual for us to see teachers or teachers' assistants or you know people in the medical profession even who can't make ends meet, um, and they're showing up at our pantry. But also on the other end of the spectrum, we're serving the community's most vulnerable citizens. Um, about fifty percent of the people that we serve are either over sixty-five or under eighteen. And with our seniors in particular, it's often folks who are making the decision between, you know, buying their medicine and their prescriptions and paying medical bills or paying the rent or getting food. And those are just decisions somebody shouldn't have to make. I think these are things that folks don't really, who are just going every day and living and raising their family, don't think about how many members of our community are actually at risk. Last year, I mentioned, and I think this number is pretty similar, that rent in Chatham is unaffordable for close to 50% of renters Mm -hmm. and that we have well over 10% of our residents don't have health insurance, which are, which are big drivers in this. And of course, food insecurity is another issue that people just don't want to talk about. And I, and I think one thing that Melissa stated that is so true is that one, the shoe doesn't fit everybody. I mean, we don't have one mold of people who come to the pantry. Fortunately, we're allowed to serve people twice a month. So everybody's allowed to come twice a month to get groceries but on average, they only come four times a year. Of course, we do have people who come twice a month. But we're really seen as, say, God forbid you get in a car accident and you just don't have money that month for groceries. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so it's not that, you know, we obviously deal with the chronically hungry, the chronically food insecure. Um, but we also just deal with people who sometimes things are just hard and they can't make their rent or they have to choose between food and rent for that specific month. And that's what we're there for. In a modern economy, in a modern society, people shouldn't have to be choosing between, you know, health, you know, medicine, uh, shelter and food. They should all be available. Well, should is the key word and and they really should be. Um, You know, we're seeing so many more people this year and over the past couple of years, really, just because of inflation, everything is so much more expensive than it used to be. Um, You know, in the presentations that Rebecca and I have both done this year, we've um, done a little bit of research and looked into, you know, what were we paying for things in 2019 versus today? And it's really interesting. Um, you know, if you take just a simple can of tuna, for example, the price is up over 267% today versus what it was in 2019. So it's almost three times more expensive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a can of black beans. It's over 116% or a can of tomato sauce over 150%. You know, so if if one can in your grocery cart triples, it's not a big deal. If every single thing in your grocery cart triples, it's not long before you can't really afford very much food. Exactly. So I also noticed that you served almost 1 million, I'm sorry, uh, 1,327 children in your summer snack program. A million would have been a huge number. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, But you you had 1,327 in the summer snack program. What is the summer snack program? So the snack program is designed to serve kids who don't have access to food during the summer. Um, Every other week through the snack program, we provide enough food for each child that's enrolled to get three meals a day plus two snacks for the entire time that summer is out. Um, So in those boxes that they get every other week, they're getting um, kid-friendly foods, granola bars, breakfast items, oatmeal, it might be, you know, raviolios, those kinds of things. But they're also getting um, a box of fresh produce, too. 
Um, so we're trying to make it as healthy and as kid-friendly as we possible, possibly can, which sometimes healthy and kid-friendly don't necessarily belong in the same sentence. But, um, but you know, it's, it's a big deal because about half the people in, um, enrolled in Chatham County Schools are on free and reduced lunch. So I, they really have that need. I think that's really important how, what you're doing because health outcomes are dependent on the inputs and food is one of the key inputs Absolutely. besides shelter. And so if they're eating unhealthy food, then you could expect there's going to be some bad health outcomes. Absolutely. And I think that's a real focus um, for Cora is providing nutritious food. Well, this is excellent. We'll be back after the break. I'm here with Melissa Beard, Executive Director of Cora, and Rebecca Hankins, who's Development and Communications. Join us after the break. You're listening to On the Porch with Randy Voller, made possible by VRC Limited. Welcome back to On the Porch. Randy Voller and his friends bringing local flavor with zesty conversation. Come on up and grab a chair. We're back here on the porch. It's great to have friends here from Chatham from Cora. Melissa Beard, who's the executive director, and Rebecca Hankins, development and communications. So right before the break, we were discussing your summer snack program and how important that is to get nutritious food in the stomachs of these of these children that may not have it available. But you've also started another program called Cora Packs during school time. So tell us about Cora Packs, what it means, what it does. Sure. So, you know, lots of folks have heard of um, backpack programs. That's a more traditional program. That's a way of providing food to kids on the weekends so that if they don't have access to food options at home, they can take something home from school with them. Um, we've put a spin on that program, and I, I shouldn't take full credit for it. Um, it was actually born out of the Chatham Education Foundation, and we um, took over the program from them. And, you know, Cora Packs is uh, the spin on it is that the kids don't leave the school every Friday with a bag of food. Um, that was sort of the failure of sorts in the traditional backpack program, as most kids didn't want to be seen leaving school with extra food, they didn't want their peers to see them. So we deliver Cora Packs once a month straight to students' doorsteps through a, um, a great partnership with DoorDash. And so it just looks like they're getting delivery from DoorDash, and it contains enough food for them to have, again, three meals a day and two snacks for every day that school's not in session during that month, whether it's holidays or it's just weekends. Um, so it's really been a fantastic program, and we're serving, what, about 150? 60 kids Correct, now. Um, and there would be so much more room to grow it um, if we just had the capacity to do that because it's it's a really great way to get the food to them, directly to them, and make sure that they're not facing any stigma. What would you need to grow the capacity? <laughs> oh. oh, that's easy. Uh, people and money. Right. So you, you need people and you need capital. Yes, yeah. yes that's always the case. So what's the people part of the equation? What does that mean? Well, you know, we have to pack the boxes, which doesn't sound like it would be that complicated, but it's a longer process than you might imagine. Where are you packing the boxes now? Um, right right now, we're doing it off-site through a fantastic relationship that we have with Mosaic. Um, they've been so kind and generous. Oh, to, and, and 79 West, you're down there yeah, in that basement? Yeah, so. yeah, we have space there. They've given us a really, really great deal on some space. Um, we've been so happy to work with them, and our volunteers can go over there. And help pack up those boxes, um, and then we get them to Cora and out the door through DoorDash. I actually saw that Dustin Miller gave me a tour. So Orange Chatham Associated Realtors, I'm on their board, okay. and we now have a space upstairs. 
we went down there because we have some storage space, and I saw you guys there, and you were packing. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And it is open for, for folks that are renting there, I think, 24-7, 365. Absolutely, yeah. So that's a great relationship. It really but is. You, but you need more people, and you need more money to fund the program. Yes. Um, Corpax is really interesting. Just a, food alone costs $50 per child per month. So if we were to expand this to 1,000 children, you know, that tells you how much it's going to cost on food alone. Mm -hmm. um, you would need 50000 Well, it's for that's per month, so it's 50000 times for food. nine. Because so it's 50000 for nine months. So you'd need 450000 to cover that school. Yes. Students, and that's yeah. just the food. It's not the staff. It's not any cost with DoorDash. It's not any cost for supplies. So, you know, it adds up quickly, unfortunately. The food costs are, you know, pretty much the most affordable part of it. Well, what's interesting when you see what's happening in Chatham County from like a real estate perspective, you can see there's very little product available for people to buy that's on the market under three seventy five. Right now, nothing under one hundred twenty five thousand dollars listed. Right, the people that would obviously need to use some of your services, quite a bit of product over a million and two million. Oh yeah. So yes. we have an awful lot of wealth that's in the county and coming to the county, but we still have needs in the community. And I think people need to be thinking a lot harder about food insecurity and how to handle this. Absolutely. I mean, Chatham's an interesting case. It's kind of a tale of two cities. Um, Highway 87 runs north to south through Pittsburgh, and most of the folks that we serve come from west of Highway 87. Um, but when you look at the data, and um, I believe it's Aaron Nelson with the Orange County Chamber of Commerce, he usually does a really great presentation. Down he with does, it. doesn't he? Yeah, and he, he does a wonderful job of looking at the statistics from two different perspectives. You know, the average education in the eastern part of the county is college degree. Western part of the county, it's a high school degree. Average housing price is over 600000 in the eastern part of the county. Western part of the county, it's around 200000 Average income, western part of the, or eastern part of the county, is around 60000 thousand. Mid-30s in the western part of the county. So it really is um, an interesting dichotomy between those sides of the county. Um, but, but the need is there on both sides, mostly on the west, but it's there. You also have something with food going on with DoorDash where I know a lot of folks that are doing DoorDash as a gig job. Uh, and, and essentially they find a lot of people are getting their food shopped and delivered to them via DoorDash, mm -hmm. which Absolutely. they can afford to do that. You know, they don't want to go out and shop. So I have something else here, and, I, and perhaps uh, Rebecca wants to talk about this. Sure. We have your mid-year impact report. So what is the mid-year impact? What does that mean? And what's the mid-year? So um, every year, we our fiscal year starts on July 1st and ends on June 30th. And so in the summer, we send a huge annual report to our supporters and community partners, letting them know how the previous year went. But we were finding that people want to know, like, more often how we were doing. So six months into the year, we do put out the mid-year impact report to kind of let people know this is what we've been doing for the past six months. So this, this one would be from July 1st to December 31st? Correct. Of 2023? Mm-hmm. So you've aligned yourself with essentially how local governments work. That's their same fiscal year. Correct. Right. Probably pretty intelligently. So when you're asking <laughs> for grants for money, you're on the same cycle. So this says that in this mid-year, you've, you've done well over 800,000 meals distributed already. So you're going to be higher than last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you've served 637 new families. That's a lot. I think that we've seen these new families um, – numbers rise significantly this year. Uh, M Melissa 
once coined it as the Wegmans effect, is that <laughs> when we opened up the pantry in July, I mean, it is a new space. It's completely different than how we did things before. It's beautiful. We have fresh produce. I mean, there's a lot of options. And so I think we've seen people, I mean, through word of mouth, um, share the news of what's going on at Cora, which is a great way for people to share our news. I mean, people want to know word yeah. of mouth. Um, so I think that the new family's number is pretty significant. And Melissa mentioned that last month we had 99 new families. Yeah, so it's really unusual for you're a January. Growing. Yes. You had well over 141,000 pounds of fresh produce you distributed, and you served 9,700-plus individuals. That is the number that just really shocks me is because last year in total we served 10,220 people. So we, you know, that number is non-duplicative, so it won't grow twice as much. Um, but that number just shows you the need that's in the community and that we're just continuing to grow and meet the need of those who are facing food insecurity. And you have over 8,600 volunteer hours just in this half year. A full-time equivalent job is roughly 2,000 hours. So you have volunteers providing you what would be the equivalent of four full-time positions. Absolutely. It takes around 30 volunteers a day to run not only the pantry but all our programs. Well, this is incredible information. We'll be back after the break with Melissa Beard and Rebecca Hankins from Cora. You're listening to On the Porch with Randy Voller, made possible by VRC Limited. Welcome back to On the Porch. Randy Voller and his friends bringing local flavor with zesty conversation. Come on up and grab a chair. And we're back on the porch. We're still here having a good time. If you don't know and missed it, we've got my friends from Cora who are here with us. We have the executive director, Melissa Beard, and Rebecca Hankins, who does development and communications. So before the break, we are talking about your mid-year impact report, but you have a big event coming up. Yes. And this has to do with fundraising and money. So what is the event? (laughs) You know, fundraising and money is where it's at. It's our um, annual Empty Bowls event. Um, It's a really fantastic event, um, very popular in the community. We generally work with restaurants from the Chatham County area to come in and provide soups and so many wonderful potters to come in and provide empty bowls. And the, the pottery that folks get when they purchase a ticket is symbolic of just that, that the fact that there is an empty bowl on many, many tables somewhere in Chatham County. So folks can come in and have fantastic soups and gorgeous pottery and lots of homemade desserts and breads and appetizers. And it's just a really wonderful community event. So when will this be happening? It's going to be on um, actually two weeks. Yeah, Saturday, March 2nd. And um, the first seating is what time, Rebecca? At 5 o'clock. And the second seating is at 630. And we are at a new location this year. We usually have it at Galloway Ridge. But this year we're going to be at Pittsburgh United Methodist Church and their family center. So we're excited to partner with them. So you'll be in downtown Pittsburgh. We will. On a Saturday United, night. On a Saturday <laughs> night at the United Methodist Church on March 2nd. Yes. And you're going to have two seatings, and those seatings are when? There's 5 o'clock and 6.30. And if you're interested in purchasing tickets, you can do that at line, online at corafoodpantry.org. How much do tickets cost? There are three different tiers. There is supper only. You don't get a piece of pottery, which is $35. Then we have a $65 price and a $100 price. The $100 price does get you a premier piece of pottery. So you're looking at 
um, you know, a large bowl or really nice pieces. And I don't like to drop names, but Mark Hewitt is one of the potters. Oh, that's a local, <laughs> so that, local potter yeah, who's so nationally and, known. And we have potters that are well known and we have local potters. We have student potters. We have um, just, you know, all sorts of potters. I mean, we think we right now we have over 400 bowls. So how many people do you think are going to participate? 300. And how how much money are you hoping to raise out of this? A little over $30,000. $30,000 of the organization. So big idea question here as we're wrapping this up. We all know that, that you know food insecurity is a big issue in every county in America, including our county, which is a wealthy county. But still, we have a lot of folks that are going to bed, not getting their you know nutrition, not getting their meals they right. need. So what would it really take in your mind to address this if we actually had the whole community behind funding it roughly what would it take to address the problem I mean we can see how many people you're feeding based on your mid-year and your annual report you know just based on our numbers alone which is possibly a lowball number um, our annual budget for next year um, fiscal year 25 is probably going to be around three million. Just shy of two million of that is food, whether it's in kind as donations or actually cash that we use to buy food. And how often do people get fed? So they can come to us twice a month. So you know, if we doubled that and people could come four times a month, so once a week. Yes, if they could come once a week, then we'd be looking at easily you know six million total budget to feed everybody that needed it in Chatham County. Um, or four million just in a food budget, which again is probably a lowball number, you know, in terms of the real need. Because certainly there are individuals in the county who have need that don't come to us. So people should the takeaway should be: you guys are doing tremendous work. You hear your report speaks for itself. But if we really could put the resources behind it, we'd have to double or triple up where you are today. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful to have Melissa Beard, the executive director, and Rebecca Hankins, the development communications officer with Cora. Guys, I hope to have you again on the porch, and good luck with your empty bowls on March 2nd Thank in you. Pittsburgh. You've been listening to On the Porch with Randy Voller on 97.9 The Hill. Catch episodes on demand at chapelborough.com slash on the porch.